I don't think that the girl that didn't break her back would have qualified because she wasn't like she hadn't been through the same kind of mental, emotional struggle because CrossFit, if you've ever competed or even if you like compete in your own CrossFit gym, it's it's a struggle. Like you're doing stuff every single day that you're terrible at and it's no different for games athletes. And it's a hard thing to constantly keep putting yourself through like mentally taxing, emotionally taxing because you're doing stuff all the time that you're bad at. This is episode number 55 with Lindy Barber. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Julie Fouché, medical student and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring to you information and inspiration from experts and everyday individuals for how to use lifestyle to maximize health. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Welcome back to Pursuing Health. In this episode, I sit down with three-time CrossFit Games athlete, Lindy Barber at CrossFit Mayhem, where she's training with her team for the upcoming 2017 CrossFit Games. A little bit of background about Lindy. She's a former collegiate soccer player and has competed in the CrossFit Games twice as an individual in both 2013 and 2015. And last year, she joined Team CrossFit Mayhem Freedom, helping them to their second games title in 2016. She thrives in the team environment and loves setting goals and overcoming the mental challenges found in competition. She's well known within the CrossFit community for her comeback after a very significant back injury, and she's passionate about promoting the awareness of and helping people to improve their core and back strength in and outside of the fitness world. In this episode, we get together to talk about some of our early competitions together, the devastating back injuries she suffered early in her career, and how she overcame expectations to compete in the CrossFit Games. We also talk about her decision to move to Cookville and what it's like to train and compete with CrossFit Mayhem Freedom. Before we get started, I have a few quick reminders. First of all, if you're enjoying the podcast, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and consider giving it a rating. I'm also always looking for inspiring stories to share. So if you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send your story to me at info at juliefouché.com and I'll select some to share here on future episodes. To check out my online training programs through Beyond the Whiteboard, visit beyondthewhiteboard.com forward slash juliefouché. Also, big news, we still have some spots available for the training retreat I'm hosting this June the 9th through 11th in Cleveland. You can join myself and other like-minded individuals for a weekend of fitness and restoration. Check out www.trainretreat.com for more info and to reserve your spot. Finally, please remember that although I'm very close to graduation from medical school, this podcast is meant to share the experiences of individuals and does not provide medical advice. So with that, let's get started here with episode number 55 of Pursuing Health featuring Lindy Barber. So thank you for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yes. We're here at CrossFit Mayhem where you are now training full time, but there's a bunch of people in town visiting for a training camp with Chris Hinshaw, which has been amazing and so cool the way that he brings all these people together. Yeah, he's so good at it. He just makes friends with everyone yes. and then everybody loves him and then he brings us all together to hang out. Right. It happens every year. It's amazing. Um, so thank you for having us. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> come back, please. Come back anytime. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I really want to hear more of your story. I mean, I've heard bits and pieces of your story here and there and we've actually known each other for quite a long time yep. towards the beginning of our CrossFit careers. Um, but I would love to just string it all together here because I think it's so interesting. Of course. And I think that there's so much that people can learn from it Yeah. Um, in their own lives. So why don't we start at the beginning? Cool. I know you played a lot of sports growing up, but what were what was your active life like? As a so kid? I, when I started as a little girl, my mom essentially always told me, like, kind of like a lot of other CrossFitters, I had to be active. Mm-hmm. I needed to be out there. I wanted to be running. I wanted to be jumping. I played seven sports. Like, I did everything. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, until essentially she was like, you kind of need to, like, we need to pick one. Mm-hmm. You can't keep, I played volleyball and basketball, and I did track, and I tried cheerleading, and wow. I did soccer, and I played the drums, and I was on a jump rope team, and, like, literally anything that I could get my hands on, mm-hmm. I was all over. So I eventually picked soccer because my older sister played, and I mm-hmm. loved it, and I think that I just fell in love with it the most. Mm-hmm. So then I pursued a career in soccer, and I played soccer competitively, essentially from 
middle school on. Okay. And then I played for four years in high school. And then I played for two years in college wow. at the University of Dayton in Dayton, Ohio. Until and the program just wasn't for me. And okay. then, so I stopped after. I stopped playing varsity soccer after my second sophomore, sophomore year. year. And then I went and played for like the club team at University of Dayton for my junior and senior year okay. as well. And where did you grow up? Were you in the in Midwest? In Louisville, Kentucky. In Louisville. Yeah. Okay, from the beginning. From the beginning, yeah. Born and raised there. Okay. And so, obviously, soccer was your main focus. And then, can you just talk a little bit about that decision? Because you went into college on a scholarship, correct? Correct. And um, that, I mean, soccer was kind of like your main focus in your life. Obviously, school, too. Yeah. But what what contributed to your decision to then back off and go towards club instead of the varsity team? So I am, and this will kind of be a reoccurring theme, I think, but I am a very, very big component of do what makes you happy in your life. Okay. Um, and if it's not making you happy or if it's ruining your day every single day, then mm-hmm. it's something you need to cut out. And at that point, soccer had been, I loved it. I loved mm-hmm. going to practice. I enjoyed it. Of course, not like every day was perfect. Sure. But overall, it was enhancing my happiness in my life. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, until I got to the University of Dayton and the team itself just was not the right fit for me. When I went okay. and I visited, it seemed great. And then, of course, I had a scholarship mm-hmm. and the school itself was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like even if now knowing what I know now, I still would have chosen Dayton and just mm-hmm. not played soccer because I love the school. So that decision was not bad. Okay. But being on the team became unenjoyable. Okay. I was not loving it. I didn't love going to practice. I would have rather gone and like at that point because I was being introduced into weightlifting. Mm-hmm. I loved the weightlifting aspect of being on the team because I'd never been in a weight room before. Okay. But I was not loving the practices. The vibe just wasn't there. The girls weren't having a great time. Mm-hmm. So it just wasn't. It wasn't the same feeling, and it wasn't. It was no longer bringing joy to my everyday. Okay. So then I decided that it wasn't something that I needed to do, which of course was a hard decision because I was right. already thinking this like after my. F- Fall, first fall season. I was okay. like, oh, this is not what I thought it was going so to be. So it took a long time for you to actually... Because it was my dream right. at that point, right? Playing right. in a D1 school was all I had ever wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I wanted to continue on and like hopefully play in the minor leagues that existed at the time. Yeah. And who knew what happened after that? So it took me essentially a year and a half, a whole nother year of just see if it gets better. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just your freshman year. And then after my sophomore year fall... I tried to start the spring season Mm -hmm. just to try to like finish it out for two years and was just like miserable. So then like had told my parents essentially at the time that this is not going well, Mm -hmm. but had, they were wanting me to like stick it out of course. Um, but then essentially I just called him one day and was like, mm, I just quit. I like, it's yeah. too late. <laughs> I just came from his office. Like, it's over. Yeah. And then I went and played club, which brought all love back. Because then I was playing with girls who wanted to be playing. Right. Who were dedicating their two hours, beca- not because they were getting paid, not because they felt like they had to, but because they just wanted to play. Right. So then I brought, then it was great. And was I loved playing again. with them. So it just made, That's it amazing. made it fun again. That's so amazing. Yeah. And then, but a hard decision to make. And I think a lot of people would have prolonged it or suffered through for four years. And so good that you were able to actually (laughs) make that decision and take action on it early on. It's just hard. I mean, I know I've always been a pretty independent individual. Mm -hmm. And I just, I mean, I know that if it's not making me happy, then for me, it's it's not the right thing to be in my life. And of course there's like, you know, you have to go through struggles and there's stuff you have to go through, but something that was a choice of mine and that I was adding into my life to hopefully make it better was only, was only taking away from the overall happiness that I had. There was Mm -hmm. no reason for me to, just because there was like a financial aspect there, I didn't want that to be the only reason why I didn't enjoy the next two years of college. Like I want, I knew that I was only going to get this once and I didn't want it to be ruined because I was unhappy with the Mm -hmm. main job that Mm -hmm. I had at the time. So it took a while for me to get there and I had talked to a thousand people about it, but ultimately it was like, this is it. Like I just, I can't do it anymore. That's awesome. But luckily, shortly after you (laughs) found something else, which (laughs) you love too. So how did you find CrossFit? How did you get started? So then essentially what happened was after my sophomore year, I no longer had a job. Okay. Basically, because yep. soccer at the time was my job. So I needed to find something. I didn't want to be totally reliant on my parents because right. they wanted me to like still be independent. Right. So when I came home uh, the summer, it was that mm, after sophomore year. So okay. that summer, I found a gym that my sister-in-law was going to at the time. And she was like, why don't you come check out this gym for mm-hmm. me? Because I knew I loved fitness. I knew I had started to love the weight room from mm-hmm. just training at school. Okay. And that gym itself, I kind of like had an internship four and I just was going and shadowing and teaching okay. like some abs classes or whatever. Right. And that gym became a CrossFit gym. Oh, so then okay. I was still, I was still playing club soccer and that was still my main focus. So I wasn't focusing on CrossFit for those two years, mm-hmm. but I was 
falling in love with CrossFit from when I came home and then I found a gym in close to my school Mm -hmm. and started going to some of their classes and showing up and just learning movements and getting better at it and then being like, wow, like this is really fun. Yeah. And then I found out that I could be competitive in it once I actually like got some of the movements down. Mm -hmm. And then my senior year was actually the first year of the CrossFit Open. Okay. Which was 2011. Um, So I had kind of played around in 2010 Mm -hmm. and then actually competed for the first time in 2011, which is when everything then changed again. Yeah. Um, But that was kind of my first, my first introduction was just a gym that I had started at that transformed into a CrossFit gym. And then I found out, and then I was encouraged to be competitive in it just because I loved it so much. That's awesome. So you originally found it just for your own. Yeah, Quality I just thought I was going to work. Own, yeah, fun and Yep, I just job. thought I was going to work in this gym, and I was still doing, like, five miles on the treadmill yeah. and my lunges in the corner because I didn't know what else to do. Right. That was all I knew how to do as a soccer player <laughs> when the owner was like, why don't you come over here and just try this CrossFit class? And I was like, I don't know what that is. Like, they're lifting all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. Like, they're throwing barbells over their head. Like, there's <laughs> no way I can do that. And he was like, just ease in. Like, I'll teach you how to do everything. Right. And I scaled everything from the very beginning mm-hmm. and then – was totally destroyed in the best way after the first workout. <laughs> you and was were like, hooked. Sign me up. Yeah, yeah. Like if anything, when you think that you're fit and then something hurts that much, right? When you think you're already fit, you're, I was I was totally hooked. You're like I gotta do this. Yeah, I have to do. I have to try. That's so funny. Yeah. I didn't realize either. We were, I guess, the same year in college because then I actually first found CrossFit also after my sophomore year. Oh, okay. But then I took kind of took that on as my main sport and kind of treated it like my college sport because I didn't have one yeah and then graduated in 2011 and I guess we for I'm I was trying to remember what year it was I think it was 2010 maybe fall or like early 2011 that we did that local competition together yeah. in Michigan, <laughs> yes. which was the first time that we actually like met, met and yeah. competed against each other. Cause that was, a, that was my first competition ever. That's so, so that crazy. was, yeah. The first time I competed was up at hyperfit. I knew yeah. who you were at this point and I was terrified, <laughs> like so afraid. And then all of a sudden I was in the final heat with you and I was like the barbell behind. I was like, Oh my God, crazy. I was a tiny, tiny little thing back then. Yes. I remember my husband was just saying that cause I was <laughs> telling him about this story and he was like, yeah, I remember because she was so skinny. So small. <laughs> like, so I was a tiny little soccer player that yeah. didn't do anything but run five miles yeah but so then that competition was essentially the first because I had I mean I didn't train really for it it was like I was just kind of doing CrossFit recreationally and then ended up taking third behind you and Lisa Shu who were two people that like I had already known through my CrossFit nerdiness at that point (laughs) and then was like I can maybe actually compete like maybe I can actually try to do this yeah so crazy that's so amazing (laughs) and then that year so 2011 was the first open so it was probably shortly after that right when you decided to do the open, but that was kind of when everything also changed again. So that was again. Yeah, another breaking point, yeah. essentially. Um, so you just want me to get into it? Yeah, let's talk about <laughs> let's it. Do it. Let's just go for it. So there is so the 2011 open. Um, I was was six weeks mm-hmm. actually was the first. Well, I think it was six weeks yeah. long as opposed to five. And it was similar to this year in that the first week they delayed the deadline like uh, day after okay. day because they didn't, the website just couldn't Wasn't handle working. all the traffic the yeah, first I pr- year. I think they probably had no idea how yeah. many people were actually going to I think they out. delayed it a whole week. So like you could have the whole first week to do the first two workouts because uh, okay. it was just such was a chaos. Mess. Yeah. So yeah, so I did the open. I was at school. I had traveled home a couple times to just do the open workout with people because otherwise I was going to be like at the recplex at right. school trying to figure out how to do this open workout. <laughs> with your little video. Yeah, exactly. With yeah. all my videos in the <laughs> corner alone with the pre-made barbells with the weights <laughs> on them. So I had done the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, I was sitting in like third or fourth. So I was actually doing pretty well. And mm-hmm. then same kind of thing. I was like, I think I can actually compete yeah. in this. And there's this whole thing called the games that I've now watched videos on over yeah. and over again. And then the week three came, um, and in that workout, or I was doing some CrossFit football weightlifting at the time just to try to get, like, stronger. That was a program I had heard of. Mm -hmm. Because I was a soccer player, the only strong thing on my body was my back, Mm -hmm. or essentially was my legs and my butt. So, like, I could deadlift, Mm -hmm. and I could squat. Mm -hmm. So those were the two things that I was like, man, this I can do weight with. Um, But I was practicing everything else. But I was back squatting, like, any other day a couple weeks into the open and at the bottom of one of my back squats I think it was like a set of five and Mm -hmm. I might have been on the third or fourth rep Mm -hmm. I actually got to the bottom of the back squat something my hips shifted something Mm -hmm. in my back snapped Mm -hmm. and I completely collapsed underneath the barbell like thank god I had the catches there so the bar didn't actually collapse on top of me but I fell underneath the bar kind of like rolled around on the ground for a second until everything stopped 
like radiating heat yeah and but I couldn't physically stand up so then I couldn't actually raise my chest up the guy that I was dating at the time thank god again was there yeah so he kind of like walked me off tried to get me to stand up but I couldn't actually physically raise my chest up so I was completely hunched over oh my gosh and I had no idea what had happened like I hadn't I had to that point I didn't understand that I had had back pain which I'll kind of get into in a second Mm -hmm. but nothing to me was red flags leading up to this moment. I didn't understand what had happened. Like I thought come to think of it. I thought my right hip was out of place because that's where I was having kind of radiating pain. Okay. So actually two days went by that I was just, and I am freaking out because I'm in the middle of the open. Right. Right. This is a Monday. The workout was released either a Wednesday or Thursday at that time. And I was like, I have two freaking days to to figure out what's happening until I can do this open workout. And I have till Monday to figure out how to do it. Yeah. So the open workout was released. I went to a chiropractor because there was the first thing at that time, I think was like bar facing burpees and then overhead squats and muscle ups, whatever week that was. Oh yeah. So I knew I just needed at least one burpee. I was like, I just need to be able to, to figure out what to do. Um, I went to a chiropractor and I was like, listen, I'm doing this competition. (laughs) I still couldn't stand up. So I was still like hobbling in, went in. I was like, if you could just, just me pop my hip back in and get me out of here. Like I have stuff to do. Like I need to go compete. Cause he was like, have you ever had an x-ray of your back? Like we need to talk about this. Like this doesn't look good. (laughs) So I was like, no, like, but just pop my hip back in. Like I know something just came out. So he was like, well, let's take an x-ray. So he took an x-ray from like from my back and then from the side uh-huh. and then came back in. I was still laying on the table and he sat down. He's like, okay, I'm not going to adjust you. And I was like, okay, like why is yeah. what's happening? Is it, you know, is it not my hip? And yeah. he was like, we need to talk about this, oh. which at the time, right. When you hear that, especially yeah. from like any kind of certified professional, my heart sank. Right. Cause I knew that this was not a quick fix. Not like clearly news. this is not going to go well. So essentially what he told me is he put my x-rays up, which I've never had a back x-ray to this, to that day. Mm -hmm. And I had three spinal conditions. So I had scoliosis, spina bifida, and what had just happened was a condition called spondylolisthesis, which was the L5 vertebrae at the bottom, which is a big, heavy Lego piece at the bottom of your spine Mm -hmm. that had the spina bifida in it essentially broke on either side. So the two little connecting pieces that connects the big body in the back to the parts that stick out in the front. Mm -hmm. What he explained to me in that moment was that snap that I felt was the left side officially breaking all the way through. And the reason why I couldn't stand up and my hips moved and why I felt like my right hip was out of place Mm -hmm. is because that shifted because of the left, the C-curve scoliosis that I have was just too much pressure with a barbell on my back. So it was kind of like the perfect storm of all three of of those things coming together. Yeah. And I had had, and he had asked me, like, have you never had pain? Have yeah. you never, like, felt this before? And you never knew that you had scoliosis? I never no knew I had, ever, yeah. I never knew I had anything wrong with my back. Wow. And I had always had a little bit of back pain in my low back, right. especially when I played soccer on the main things of throwing the ball in, like when I would lean back. Okay. Or if I would have to go up for, like, a big header, which mm-hmm. would be a lot of hyperextension. But to me, that was my life. Like, right. I had never... I never really talked about it. It was just normal to me. It never got worse. So it was nothing that I ever was concerned with. And again, when I started doing CrossFit, like I had a little bit bit of low back pain, but Mm -hmm. at the time, the people that I was talking to were like, it's probably kind of, like you've never lifted weights. It's probably not an uncommon thing. Exactly. Like your hips are tight or stretch out your hamstrings. I'm sure it'll be fine. So I didn't know that those were, that was any, any cause for concern. So I went from competing in the open to you're never going to be able to squat again. So essentially what he told me was, this is the way your spine is. Mm -hmm. Um, What we have to do is try to figure out the bones had just broken. So essentially they had fresh breaks on either Mm -hmm. side. He was like, you need to do nothing and try to get those bones to heal back together. Mm -hmm. And we need to wait to adjust you because everything in my back was so spasmed. It was Mm -hmm. so tight because it was locked up trying to protect itself from the the break. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Trying to protect my spinal cord. So he told me in that moment, like you're clearly not doing the open Mm -hmm. squatting is not going to be a thing that you can ever do again. Like I recommend that you don't lift weight and you need to go see an actual spinal doctor because Mm -hmm. he was a chiropractor. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I went, like, I didn't know how to say the word spondylolisthesis. I had no idea (laughs) what he was talking about. So I went home and, like, Googled all this stuff and tried to figure out how could this possibly happen? How did I not know any of this? How did no one catch this? Like, what is happening? I I had just... 
was about to graduate. So I had like two weeks left or so, obviously did not do the open, tried to do one burpee and literally could not get myself to jump over the bar because oh I was gosh. still in so much pain. So then I had to have like a whole talking down yeah. from people that were like, it's just this not, is not year, a good hun. idea. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or maybe we should just recover. not do this. Yeah. Um, but so, you with your competitive spirit. <laughs> I know. Really... I was like, just jump over the bar. <laughs> you can do it. And I obviously didn't do it. So then went home, saw a spinal doctor who confirmed, took an MRI mm-hmm. and confirmed everything. So he was like, yep, exactly what he said. This mm-hmm. confirms all of the x-rays that you have, the spina bifida, the scoliosis, and the spondy in my mm-hmm. L5. His recommendation was you need to rest for six months. We need to do nothing. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to lift. You're not allowed to, like, he recommended that I just go on long walks at this time. Okay. And then after six months, and I wore a bone stimulator every day. So okay. I laid on my belly, put this thing with, I think, gel on my back and mm-hmm. lay there for 30 minutes, hoping to stimulate bone growth so that it had it could grow together yeah. itself as mm-hmm. opposed to them having to do any type of surgery. So I did the whole bone stimulator six months later, which was now roughly August, September mm-hmm. time frame. I went back in for my updated MRI just to see if anything had happened. Yeah. Got the MRI. He came back into the office and was like, so the good news is that the bone itself healed off, okay. but it did not heal to each other. So okay. the rough edges were now smoothed. Mm-hmm. So those got healed in. He was like, but the bone itself is still in three pieces because of the spina bifida and the two breaks on either side. Wow. He was like, so kind of what this shows us is that your bone's not going to heal together without mm-hmm. artif- some kind of artificial clamp mm-hmm. to keep it together. He was like, but the problem with it having surgery is that because it didn't heal itself and you have the spina bifida in it, which means it never turned into bone ever in your life. Right does not give us confidence that if we go in there, push it together and screw it, that your body will accept the screws. It'll probably reject them mm-hmm. because it's not, it's not healing properly at all on its own with right. complete rest. So we're not convinced that it's going to help. Of course it's an option, but that did not sound great to me. No, I was like, I didn't want them. Essentially what he was telling me was that they were going to go dig around in there, put some screws in and then cross their fingers that then my body heal. just decided yeah. to accept the screws. So I said, no, that's mm-hmm. not an option for me right now. What happens if I just don't like what happens if I just go live my life and yeah. this is the way that my spine is. And he basically told me, I, you can never squat again. Wow. This is something that you won't be able to do. Like you can't put weight overhead. Cause he was the spinal doctor, the spinal doctor for the U of L football team at this time. Okay. So he knew all about weightlifting. Right. He had seen a lot of back injuries. Like he dealt with them. So he, he knew familiar. what cross it was. He knew yep. back squatting and he knew essentially what my life was going yeah. to be turning into if I wanted to compete in CrossFit. So he recommended completely against it. He was like, I think you should go become a runner, a swimmer, some kind of non-impact endurance sport that does not keep you on, that does not allow you to Mm -hmm. lift weights. It'll be better for you in the long run. So then I was like, okay, what if I don't take your advice? (laughs) Like what would happen if I did squat? Like what is the alternative here? And basically to that, all he said to me, which is smart as a doctor, was Mm -hmm. like, you could do that. He was like, the thing about the way that your spine is right now is you could go through the rest of your life mm-hmm. and never squat again. And you could still have pain every single day. Mm. Or you could go through the rest of your life and squat and still have pain every single day, mm-hmm. but not have all kinds of crazy injuries. He was like, but the other aspect of that is that if you do squat and you re-injure your back or you, it shifts back out of place, yeah. then you could have all kinds of pain and we may be forced in surgery. He was like, but then again, the other hand of that is you could just walk down the street and step on a curve wrong and have the exact same problem. Mm-hmm. He was like, so I'm recommending to you that you don't squat, you don't lift heavy weight because mm-hmm. it just increases your chances, but I may see you back in here in 10 years, no matter what happens. So the risk is always going to be there. The regardless. risk is always there. So he was like, I can't tell you how to live your life, but like, good luck. Yeah. I hope you make the right decision. And like, I hope I never see you again, yeah. which at the time I'm however old, 22 yeah. and have no idea what to do. Right. right. Cause that's a lot I, of, that's a big decision on your huge. shoulders for the yeah. rest of your life. And my parents are wanting to be supportive, <laughs> but are also like, hmm, like a little worried. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Right. So I try to like, I take some time. I think about it. I'm also an exercise science student at the time. Mm-hmm. So I know that completely doing nothing is probably not a healthy thing. Right. That like if I don't build up the erectors, the big back muscles that I have to protect that part of my spine, right. it didn't make any sense to me that it was just going to get better by not building up those muscles. But then I was like, but how am I going to build the muscles without hurting my back? And so I went through this whole like kind of internal struggle yeah. and essentially came down to the happiness thing. Like mm-hmm. what makes me ultimately happy? Am I going to spend every single day constantly worried or am I going to regret the fact that I didn't even try? Mm -hmm. Um, And I ultimately decided that I would regret it if I didn't even try. If he's telling me that I could be in pain no matter what, then I might as well try to do what I continue to do, what makes me very happy. And if it starts to get worse, then I'm not going to risk my overall lifetime health. But if it starts to get better, then I at least know that I can can work in the right direction. And at the time I was like, 
I'm not necessarily going to compete. I just want to do CrossFit. Like right. I just want to do what I love. Just want to be able to happens. get a little stronger and enjoy. Exactly. Okay. And um, at that point, actually, I forgot what I was going to say. No, it's okay. <laughs> Sorry. No, ahead. it's okay. So like he, I just know it's kind of like a long story, but it's important to understand all the pieces yeah, yeah, to like yeah. really get. So he, I left. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working at the gym, the mm-hmm. CrossFit gym at this time. And just very, very slowly started to work my way back yep. in from strict push-ups, strict pull-ups, like nothing that was any kind of like hip range of motion front mm-hmm. to back, no kind of hyperextension, just to kind of like get back into the gym, yep. doing stuff that I knew I could do. Like step-ups were okay. Mm-hmm. Double unders for me at the time were okay. Running actually hurt more than a lot of stuff in okay. the very beginning. So I just slowly started to add movements back in. I didn't actually put a barbell on my back or overhead mm-hmm. for months at this point. So this was now... October-ish time frame. Of like 2011. Of 2011. Okay. So I'd gone through all this, done the six months. Yeah. So like October, November is when I actually started doing anything. Okay. And slowly working my way back up. And the more, every time that I would put a five pound plate on and I would do whatever the perf- the squat was. Yeah. And then would still feel okay. Then I would do that for two weeks and then add 10 pound plates and just to see what happened. Yeah. So I very slowly worked my way. I wasn't doing classes. Like right. I wasn't actually getting crazy into it. Did you have anyone during this time who was kind of like, coaching you or giving you advice or any physical therapist or anyone who is helping to like monitor your progress and or for you to like bounce ideas off of or anything or was it mostly your own kind of at this time I was I was pretty much on my own I had a a chiropractor in Louisville that I had found and had been recommended to me that thank goodness was also a crossfitter so he was not um, supportive of the non-squatting thing. He was supportive of the being careful and not right. doing a whole lot, but he was very understanding of me wanting to do CrossFit. So yeah. he would give me like, you know, this is how you're, I would see him every single week. Yeah. He would say, this is how you're holding up today. Or what did you do yesterday? Because okay. you're a little tighter than normal. So he was kind of giving me some um, feedback. body feedback. Mm-hmm. Once I was updating him on, you know, like this is hurting today. These are the things that I did. What do you think yeah. was it that caused it? So I was coming up with my own workouts, just trying to mm-hmm. learn my own body all over again and what was good for it yeah. and what was bad for it. And that's amazing the way you did it and what you described, because in reality, that's probably how most people should be ramping up to a lot of these movements, right? Like going so much more slowly than you even think you need to because you have your entire life to be like building strength and building capacity. But all of us want to immediately get on and like load up the barbell and do our max effort. Right. Of course, because you see other people doing it. Right. But you also assume that those other people just did it very quickly. Right. Like we don't, was coming into a CrossFit gym, most of the world has mm-hmm. no idea what the backgrounds of anyone else that's in that gym are. So those right. people could have waited two years to get to that back squat that they're at, but right. you come in and you just see them back squatting 200 pounds. So you assume like, oh, I can get there really quickly right. without having that actual buildup. And completely honestly, I jumped straight into it, right? In soccer. Yeah. And that's essentially how this was going to happen regardless, one way or the at other, if I build up or if I didn't build up because mm-hmm. the right side had already broken through. So mm-hmm. it was like the left side essentially was just chipping away. Mm-hmm. But I totally accelerated it because I was like, I can squat. Yeah. Keep loading on. Like if I can keep squatting, I'm just yeah. going to keep doing it. Cause that was the thing that I could do at the time. Mm-hmm. So I definitely accelerated it initially, um, which led to this speeding up process. But then once that happened, I just had to, I mean, I've, be- I became and still am very body aware of how mm-hmm. things affect me and how things feel because mm-hmm. I had to be, because right. I had to relearn how things are feeling and how my body's moving under certain weights. Right. So I learned how to be careful through the experience, which in the end made me a better athlete. I think that I ever would have been had I been not injured. And amazing that it honestly didn't take in the grand scheme of things that long. If you were, but you'd been completely rested for so long and starting almost from square one. Right. And before you know it, you're, competing at the CrossFit Games. So yeah. that's what's incredible. So me. that was in 2011. So that was the very end of 2011 yeah. where I started to build back up. In 2012 was actually my first regional. So I went through the Open again. I think I came in 7th mm-hmm. or 8th in the Open wow. that year. And then went to regionals and came in 7th at regionals, which there was heavy deadlifts and there was muscle-ups. And I don't remember what. There's freaking 70-pound yeah. snatches or something ridiculous Yes, I remember those dumbbells. Uh, <laughs> so hard, I know. <laughs> uh, but so then that year, and that was the, that was the other thing, was that I went into that regional completely unaware like whatever I'm here I was just the happiest thing ever and then came out in seventh um and then again had that like ooh, it's not over yet yeah I think I can actually still do do this this. I can probably still compete after that regional I had already met Jeff Tincher who is out of CrossFit Fairfax Mm -hmm. in Virginia and he watched he knew that I injured my back he knew he had seen me in 2011 I knew him through that saw what had happened felt terrible about it but was like whatever like I'm proud of you yeah then after 2012 messaged me 
and told me that with the right coaching, he mm-hmm. thinks that I had a possibility of actually making the games. In which case, as soon as I had thought it and then heard someone else say it, it was like, really? Oh, like, maybe okay. this is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe I can actually train for it. So yeah. then he was wonderful. And from 2012 through 2013, he became my sole I was his only athlete and he was the only coach that I listened to about anything. And he was wonderful in working with me through not only like physical transformation of actually getting strength back, but dealing with all of my mental breakdowns for nine, you know, 10 months at that point, trying to get back because I had so many ups and downs from 2012 to 2013. And because he didn't know how hard was too much sometimes. And then I am as an athlete and I'm competitive. So I would do whatever he told me to do, but then would have, you know, flare ups that I would have to stop training for two weeks and Mm -hmm. then get slowly again, build back up into Mm -hmm. it. And so we had to find that balance as to like, how much can I actually push as an athlete or how much am I putting myself over the edge and actually getting into a deficit? Right. So he worked with me all through 2012 through the 2013, um, which ended up being my first qualification for the game. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, in and of itself to just, to only have found CrossFit and to be then qualifying for the games a year or two later is amazing. But then to know everything that you went through along that path is just what's just blows my mind. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's so funny too, because it seems at the time it seemed like the longest process ever because it was like an every day, like I would wake up, I would have to assess how I feel. Then I would have to text him and be like, this is how I feel today. And then he would have to change training based off of where my pain scale was that day, every single day. So that it seemed every day, like it was the longest, Mm -hmm. that's exactly what you're saying. Like, I'm like, man, it actually wasn't that long. Like he actually, I trusted him enough that he got me there and made me believe in myself Mm -hmm. enough that it actually wasn't that long of a turnaround. And how amazing is it that I think that component you just touched on is so important to having someone who, you know, believes in you and what that can do for an athlete or for anyone in life, just to know that there's someone who believes in you so much and is so certain that you're going to accomplish whatever it is, I think is almost half the battle. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he was more confident than I ever was. Like Mm -hmm. we would get to regionals. I mean, he was like the best way of obsessive of the workouts and we tried them 17 different ways and did different time domains and different rests. And when we got there... He was like, we, we can do this. And I was like, okay, like, we'll see what happens. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. And if that works out, then great. Cause I had no expectations. I wasn't going to be unhappy if I didn't qualify Mm -hmm. because I couldn't be unhappy at that point. I was, again, I was still there. I was still competing. Like I didn't think I would ever squat again. And I was doing all these movements and Mm -hmm. so I couldn't be unhappy, but of course it just like made it a thousand times sweeter that I ended up qualifying that year. And I remember, because that was the year that I took off when I was in school, and I remember watching it because I was there watching everyone and just – your reaction at the end of yeah. the last event was just so, uh. oh my gosh, you just like get tears in your eyes just thinking about it. But what did that feel like? Oh, it was, I mean, it was, and it's still, it's like the same kind of thing is like mind blowing to me that I still get to do this every day. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't think I've gotten to a point that I'm comfortable where mm-hmm. I am or that I'm still not amazed that I'm still able to do what I am. So yeah. in that, essentially going into day three, I was in fourth. Mm-hmm. I was not in third. And it was the same kind of, he was nothing but confident all weekend long. And all mm-hmm. he kept saying was like, we got this. He always called me lady. So it was like, run your race, lady. Like, you got this lady, all we have <laughs> yeah. to do. So then going into day three, essentially what he said that morning was, we need to win these workouts. And I was like, okay, okay. That's <laughs> great. here we go. So we stuck to the game plan and I shot, like actually did end up winning both of them. Wow. But going, so I won that one the morning mm-hmm. and then had actually flipped into third. Okay. So he told me going into the last one, like we're in third now, Yeah. but unless you win, like we're not going to be in third anymore. Okay. So like you need to come out there, like you're fighting for the end. And then if you win, then we can relax. Like right yeah. now we're not relaxed. Like you have to wait. So the whole workout, I was not relaxed. Yeah. I was like confident because he believed in me and I could, I could feel it, Yeah. but I didn't, I did not let up. Like I was in the lead, I think maybe from the beginning or the first couple of reps, yep. but until my feet actually hit the mat and I knew that my feet were the first to yep. actually hit the mat, then it was like, oh my God, like, like this is, and then I heard like my name announced and it was extremely, extremely overwhelming. Yeah. Then like, you know, it's one of those not like my life was ending, but everything starts going through your head. Like I actually just qualified. Like this is what I wanted to do three years ago, yeah. but then was told that I couldn't and then was like, not going to CrossFit. And then was like, maybe I will CrossFit. And then it hurt. So then I was like, maybe I won't CrossFit. It was just like these crazy, unbelievable ups and downs of emotion yes. that all of a sudden was just like washed away. Like it was mm-hmm. all worth it. All I'm getting goosebumps. I know I'm getting that? goosebumps. <laughs> it's like, oh, the best feeling. It's just, it was incredible. And yes. then I got to like stand up and then I got to go hug my family who were like, 
way even more emotional than I was uh, because they saw the ups and downs yes, and like my mom's heart was broken every time that I came home and was like I can't do it yeah. and she'd be like I don't know I think you can like, <laughs> so it was just so it was unbelievably overwhelming to be able to accomplish that so that I not it was essentially more proving to myself that I had made the right decision right than anything and then still competing in CrossFit was was the right decision for me clearly mm-hmm. but in that moment was like reassured that you actually did the right thing yes, and this. you didn't listen to what the doctor told you, but it's okay because you're still healthy and yeah. you're healthier now than you were a year ago and four years ago when your back wasn't broken yet. Mm-hmm. And I became a healthier individual after the injury. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I could say that without that. I came mentally stronger and mentally tougher because I had to be put through that experience Absolutely. to then become the athlete that was able to qualify. Absolutely. And I'm sure all of those qualities that you learn along the way help you now when new challenges come up oh always yeah I mean I don't think I can like almost say that I don't think that the girl that didn't break her back would have qualified because Mm -hmm. she wasn't like she hadn't been through the same kind of mental emotional struggle because CrossFit if you've ever competed or even if you like compete in your own CrossFit gym it's it's a struggle like you're doing stuff every single day that you're terrible at and it's no different for games athletes and Mm -hmm. it's a hard thing to constantly keep putting yourself through like mentally taxing emotionally taxing because you're doing stuff all the time that you're bad at right no it's not (laughs) fun never gets any easier and it never gets any easier (laughs) because there's always more stuff so I don't and that girl hadn't experienced any of that so when it was essentially taken away Mm -hmm. and it was then it became something that I had to overcome and to get through. And mm-hmm. the strength that I was able to build through the injury, I think is actually what led me to even be an athlete that could qualify because of what I had to overcome. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so then what was it like at the games? You went in 2013. So it that was, was a crazy. Like, yeah. It was one of those, my very first year, so 13 was my first year as an individual. And that essentially because, because of the year, the two years that I had leading up, I could care less how I placed at the games. Like I was competitive and the only, the only goal essentially that I had then at the games was number one, stay healthy. Mm -hmm. And number two, I then found out when we got there that there was a cut to the final day. So if you weren't in the top 30, then you weren't able to compete on Sunday. So then it was like, well, I better need make to it. compete yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Like I can't even come all the way here to not compete. <laughs> so then all weekend long, it was just stay in the top 30. Okay. And I ended up finishing, I think I went into Sunday in 28th. So then, okay. then, then a point Sunday was like, you had a great time. Here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so excited. So I just had a really good time. There was a lot of stuff that came up that was like not good for my back. Right. Like there was a lot of overhead squats. There was a lot of heavy lifting. There was a lot of Some stuff GHDs, that I knew. I think I remember seeing. Yeah. yeah. GHDs with a med ball, which just destroys me. Yeah. So there was a lot of stuff that I had physically to take slow to keep myself healthy mm-hmm. but I didn't really care like I was finishing workouts like mm-hmm. I was out there I was competitive so I wanted to be doing better but I was so happy to be there mm-hmm. that that year was just like whatever like I'm totally fine yeah. like whatever happens happens and I'm just happy to be here and meeting everybody and it was just such a good experience overall Amazing. that you feel like you want to get there and you feel like you have this passion to want to make it until mm-hmm. you've been there. And then it increases tenfold. Like, then you just want to be right then back Then you just there. have to be yes. back. Yeah. Cause now you know the experience of it. So I thought I wanted to make it until I'd been there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you, you can't not go back. Like, right. You, then you have to experience it over and over again. Right. Wow. And then you did again in 2015. So I, did, I missed it in 2014. 2014 was a more rocky year. Way more of a rocky year. So I think I did a little bit of overtraining honestly because I was good about my training from 2012 to 2013 Mm -hmm. and then in 2013 not that I thought I became invincible again but I think I got that overdid it it. exactly I got a little taste of it and was like I am fine like everything's okay so then I think overtrained a little bit in 2014 overdid it went into the 2014 regionals not healthy Mm -hmm. um overdid it in the couple months leading in and just didn't feel good at regionals and knew it after day one. Yeah. I mean, I kind of knew it leading into regionals and I just didn't have that same confidence. And my coach, not that he is not, he did nothing wrong, mm-hmm. but I knew that he was worried. Right. Like, I knew that I was worried. I knew that he was telling me I could do it, but it was kind of like, <laughs> right. like, we don't feel good. Right. So 2014 was an off year, but again, after 2014, I had to reset and yeah. take a step back and be like, sure you've been to the games but if you don't take care of yourself you're like you're never going back yeah. so I had to take a couple steps back again be way smarter about training take an extra rest day in mm-hmm. 2014 knew that just because everyone else was increasing their volume doesn't mean that that was what was right for me as mm-hmm. an athlete which again is a hard competitive thing to see right. throughout the years um and then did a much better year training, mm-hmm. a lot better of just focusing on myself and my own training as opposed okay. to comparing to what all my friends were doing again at this point did you ever think at any point in 2014 that like, oh man, maybe I just can't keep up with the volume and like 
Did you, was it ever a question in your mind that like you would just be done competing or in 2014? No. no. Um, in, because I had missed it, but I knew that I had missed it from improper training beforehand. Okay. And I was aware of that. I, I almost kind of knew that. Unfortunately, I kind of knew that before I even went to regionals. Right. Um, I just knew I didn't feel good and I knew I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. So after 2014, I, I was knew I was still able to train at the level I needed to, to make to it make in it. 2015, mm-hmm. except for the fact that my training was different than what everyone else needed. So if other people needed more volume, that mm-hmm. was actually not what I as right. an athlete needed. I needed a little less volume and just more intensity and shorter vol in shorter amounts yep. to make myself a better athlete, as opposed to just trying to load on a lot of volume, just because that's what I saw right. happening everywhere. Which else. is hard to do because when you, s- when you're around people and you see what they're doing, it's so easy to get distracted and to just, it's hard. It's right? so hard. And yeah. you see people doing that all over, whether it's in an or whether it's games level athletes training it's so valuable to just play your own game to know and like you said just being having that self-awareness and that body awareness to know yourself and know what your body needs in order to get better right and it, but it's a hard competitive thing right I mean when you're a very competitive athlete and unfortunately I've like not unfortunately but social media was like on the rise right. in 2013 2014 so then of course I'm following all these people and then you're seeing constantly like what everyone else is doing and what right. lifts they're doing and then you just feel like you have to go in and do that same thing or yep. you're behind if you're not doing the same thing that all these other people are doing and so I had to tone back that quite a bit leading into 2015 mm-hmm. and honestly like through game season like stop following everyone yeah because <laughs> it's yeah. just hard to see it oh my gosh I remember that I um I think not even until after 2012 did I even use any social media. Like yeah. I would just not even go on Facebook, like nothing. And it was so refreshing almost Yeah. because you don't realize how much those thoughts start creeping into your mind, even unconsciously. Absolutely. I mean, and people think I get questions all the time. Like, do you still get nervous? And do you like compare yourself? Yeah. And like, of course, like we're also just, I'm just Human comparing beings. myself as yeah. like as much as anyone else is. Yeah. And I still see someone else PR and I'm like, man, like, God, like I'm not <laughs> even close to that. Like, what's <laughs> happening? So you still have those same like negative self doubts that you definitely have to push out. Yeah. And if you don't, if you constantly keep seeing that, then you're constantly going to question yourself instead of just trusting in what you're doing. So right. I did a much better job. 13 to 14 was not a good job. 14 to 15 was a much better job of being like mm-hmm. that. I am not that athlete. Yeah. Like, and what is going to work for that athlete is never going to work for me. Mm-hmm. And I just had to reassess, but it took, it took getting through 2014 to actually learn be able to lesson, figure that yeah. out, to learn that lesson again. Again, all those struggles oh, they always make us they stronger. Yeah, as cheesy as it is. <laughs> so true. So true. So then you again had a very successful year in 2015. You qualified, went to the games. Yep. How did that go? So 2015 was a little bit of a different story. I had a great time, mm-hmm. um, but I was in pain almost the whole time. Okay. So the difference between 2013 and 2015 in my games experience was that 2015 was more volume, much closer together, and much heavier weights mm-hmm. uh, overall. Mm-hmm. So in 2013, we essentially started in the morning. We had breaks throughout the day. So mm-hmm. you still did three events, but you did one at nine, you did one at two, and you did one at six. Yep. So you had lots of hours. They changed the structure of it mm-hmm. so that you're now competing at one 315 and 5. Yeah. So you have between the time that you're like warming up, cooling down and eating, you have 40 minutes before you have to warm up again for your next event. So the increase of time domain volume on my body and the events that we were asked of in 2015 Mm -hmm. just did not go very well because I'm an athlete that needs a little bit of break. I need some more rest. And I was okay in 2013 because of the extra. And so Mm -hmm. I was able to like get some body work and get manual recovery. And there just wasn't quite time for that in 2015. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way that the games were evolving. And there's nothing wrong with that. Just my body did not handle it nearly as well. So Mm -hmm. when 2015 ended, um, I knew that something needed to change. I knew that I was not comfortable training at the volume that I was Mm -hmm. and trying to compete in something that at the end of the 2015 games, I did not feel healthy anymore. Mm -hmm. I didn't Mm -hmm. feel good. Like I didn't feel like I gave it a good effort, but I'm still okay. I feel like I gave it my best effort and I felt less healthy Mm -hmm. than I was before I got there, which I knew was not a good thing. Right. Nothing to do with games, nothing to do with the volume. It was just the way that my body responded to the volume of 2015. Mm -hmm. So when I got home, I knew like, Something had to change, had a whole struggle with it, like cried all the time. Right. So I was like, something, like something went wrong. I did not feel good. Mm-hmm. Something has to change. Like I knew that I wanted longevity of fitness and health. Right. And I knew that continuing to train in the way that I was, if the games was the payoff and was going to make me feel like that mm-hmm. was not at the time the right decision for me. Mm-hmm. So I took a lot of time 
and essentially had decided that I either needed to find a team to be on, which I didn't really have anything in Louisville at the time. Mm -hmm. So I essentially had made the decision after talking to, again, lots of people (laughs) that I was just going to take 2016 off. Like my body needed to recover. I had now been training kind of up to 2012, but then the rest of 2012, 13, 14, and through 15. Mm -hmm. So it had been four pretty much solid years of hard training through lots of ups and downs. And I was like, my body was screaming at me at the 2015 games. Like, this is too much. Like this, this is overdoing it. You need to chill out. So I had kind of already made the hard decision that I was just going to go through 2016. I was going to compete, but I wasn't going to be every day thinking about games training instead to give my body a little bit of break at least for a year was that decision at the time until all of this happened. <laughs> so then eventually, so there wasn't a team in Louisville. You right. were going to take the year off. How did you end up at Mayhem? <laughs> so it changed <laughs> a lot from taking the year off. Yeah. Um, so essentially what happened was that I was at an event called 11th Warrior okay. down in, I can't remember, somewhere in Georgia, I think okay. at this point. I had never met Kristen. I think I'd maybe met her once at a regional or so, mm-hmm. but I did not know her. And we, she's she was on Mayhem's team Kristen the year before. Kristen was on Mayhem team in 2015. So okay. she was on their winning team in 2015. I had not really spent a lot of time with her. We were sitting around in a group, like a whole bunch of girls just mm-hmm. talking about the season. Mm-hmm. I People had asked me the same kind of question, like, how'd you feel in 2015? Yeah. And I was like, terrible, like yeah. not good. <laughs> so they asked what I was going to be doing this season. And I said the same thing that I just said to you. Like I was looking, kind of looking for a team just, yeah. to, just to be able to compete on, but I can't find one in Louisville. I was like, so I think I'm just going to have to sit the season out. Yeah. Kristen at this time heard this happening mm-hmm. and knew that I lived in Kentucky. She knew that she was down here in Tennessee and that it wasn't too far and was like, well, like we have a spot actually open on our team if you are ever interested. (laughs) And I like totally played it off and was like, okay, great. Yeah, whatever. Right. (laughs) Like, I mean, like you're actually going to invite me to come be on your team. So then later on in the day, she essentially was like, I'm kind of serious. Like if you're interested, let me know. This is my phone number. So then of course, light bulbs are going off in my head internal struggle of you said you already said you're going to take the year off like are you actually going to do it but then you're going to be on a team and but then if you're going to be on a team it's like the championship team like is that actually kind of taking like right is that that actually going to be any different yeah exactly (laughs) the training's probably going to be worse than it was when you were an individual so I went home talked to everyone about it like kind of thought about it and then was like well I like I might as well go see yeah might as well go down there and talk to them and see what happens and if it's even a possibility yeah so came down for a weekend um and then train with the team for a couple of days, met them, realized how fun and chill and relaxed it is. And kind of talked to Rich a little bit about, listen, I got this thing going on. Yeah. Like sometimes I have bad training days, good training days. There are workouts that are good for me. There's workouts that I just don't do. Like there's some movements that I avoid, yeah. like overhead squats, she sit ups, any kind of like overhead walking things mm-hmm. hurt me. So I'm trying to just avoid them in all of my training. Yeah do you still like, or do you actually Is still want okay? me to be yeah. on your team? Yeah. yeah. Like that's not going to change. I can't, I'm trying to, to be better about, you know, not doing things that hurt me for mm-hmm. the longevity of my health. And he was like, listen, whatever you need to do, like we would love to have you on the team. Mm-hmm. We will make whatever it is work. So like, just let me know if that works for you, which was amazing. Yeah. So then by Sunday, I couldn't, I just couldn't say no. Like, yes, I was going to have to commute. Yes. I was going to have to figure it out mm-hmm. and like figure out now what my life's going to be for a year. But I couldn't pass up on that opportunity. Right. So I said yes. He essentially like committed me to the team. This was the last weekend of November, I okay. think. So then I had a month essentially to get my life together in Kentucky and yep. figure out what I was going to do. And then January 1st, I was down here competing with the team, which ended up clearly being the best decision ever mm-hmm. because then I had five training partners. I still was able to avoid everything I wanted to avoid in my training. Mm-hmm. So I did not do an overhead squat, a GHD sit up unless they made me like yeah. unless competition yeah. required it. And it turned out to be the best thing because I got to be a healthier athlete mm-hmm. because I got to avoid the stuff that hurt me that I couldn't really avoid when you're an individual. Right. Um, and so I think I'm still overall a healthier athlete now than I ever was as an individual because I'm able to micromanage my training a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I have awesome teammates that pick up where I can't. That's so Which is awesome. amazing. Yeah. Like kind of the perfect situation. It's kind of the perfect that situation. You were for. Yeah. Wow. It kind of just fell into my lap too, which is the craziest part about like all of my life essentially <laughs> is that it seems like things just happen at the right time. Yeah. Even if it seems like a terrible thing, like the 2015 seemed like the worst thing in the world at the time. Like yeah. again, like dreams kind of like it's made, this is probably the end for mm-hmm. you, but then led into being able to say yes to being on a championship, right. you know, 
games team, which right. I never thought was ever going to be a possibility. But if I hadn't felt like that in 2015, I would have immediately said, no, I'm going individual and then right. never would have had this opportunity. So it's funny how like life works out. Yeah. In retrospect, it's very funny to connect those dots <laughs> yeah. and figure out, okay. And at the time it's like life is over. Right. You're like, well, this is actually just a stepping stone to this other <laughs> awesome thing that's going to happen that you just don't know about yet. That's so amazing. So yeah. what was the experience like? coming here and training with him. I know you were still commuting, so you're only here part of the week, but um, I mean, what was it like training with them? They had just won the championship. Obviously yeah. you had the same goal going into 2016. Right. So I was honestly ridiculously nervous. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't know what to expect really. Like I'd only been here for two days of training, like a mm -hmm. Saturday or a Friday and a Saturday. And mm -hmm. then I left that Sunday and I didn't know if those were typical days. Like it's we, cause we trained, but we also like hung out and had a barbecue yeah. and just like chilled and like did a couple am ramps. But that was it. Like, it yeah. wasn't intense. I didn't feel wrecked. I was not expecting more. I just didn't know what to expect. So then right. I showed up in January anticipating like drill sergeant yeah, like we're going to <laughs> yes like we're gonna die days, from now on gonna, yeah. <laughs> right I was expect not expecting the worst but I was re I was prepared to like die yeah. essentially <laughs> um and then it was the and I thought it was gonna be intense all the time I thought there was gonna be like like you know you need to finish this workout in 20 minutes or mm -hmm. we expect you to get 10 rounds or like you need to be able to lift this and there was not even a little bit of that yeah. It was very chill, very much like we hang out. Rich literally said to me, like, we work out a lot, but we bullshit a lot too, mm -hmm. which was perfect because I was like, this is great. <laughs> That's great for me. It's yeah. so perfect. Yeah. So we get to hang out a lot. That's how they got, I realized very quickly the actual like connection that the five of them had mm -hmm. and that that was because they really do just hang out all the time and yeah. we work out a ton and the workouts are hard when you get into them, but it's not pressure filled. Um, it's very understood that if you're giving your best, then everyone is happy about it. Right. And if you have a bad day, then whatever, everyone has a bad day. Like it's not, it's just not pressure filled. It's listen, we're working out. We mm -hmm. are exercising for fitness. It is fun. Mm -hmm. Like we're all getting fitter every single day that we're in here. So mm -hmm. as long as that's still happening, then like life is good. And it, it was amazing to me that that never changed. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like when we got to the open, it then became serious. Or right. when we got the regionals workouts, it then became serious. The whole vibe stayed like that. And again, when we got to regionals, I was expecting like, maybe this is when it turns into like serious time. Game time, or, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe now we won't joke around as much. And it was the same the whole time. Like we had our game plans. We knew what we had to do. We like barely talked about it because we had run through it so many times. Mm -hmm. And it was like, whatever, just go out there and exercise fast. Yeah. And like, you already know what to do. And as long as you do your best, then everybody's happy. Right. And it stayed like that the whole time, which is. I think really unique with this group of people. And I feel very lucky to now be a mm -hmm. part of a team that is very competitive, but extremely supportive of one another mm -hmm. in everything all the time. That's amazing. So no matter what your decision is. So like with me, because I avoid certain things in training and I have ups and downs days and they kind of like got used to that a little mm -hmm. bit last year. And like, you guys are going to do this, but today I need to do this because mm -hmm. I don't feel good or it's hurting mm -hmm. or it's sore from this. And, but they are very understanding of that and supportive of like even the open literally last week, which was 17 mm -hmm. one that destroyed my low back. Yeah. And I like, like the rest of us, but like you everyone, <laughs> right. yeah, exactly. So I feel everyone's pain, <laughs> but it was one of those that like everybody, they wanted to redo it just because yeah. they felt like they could get better, but no one cared that I was like, Nope. I like, I am yeah. not redoing that. They're like, not totally worth the risk you don't you. need yeah. to like extremely supportive in every situation, which was beyond anything that I could have imagined was going to happen when I came down here. That's so then amazing. I couldn't leave, yeah. which is why then I moved in August to be here all the time <laughs> so that we don't actually have to commute back and forth anymore. Um, because I didn't, it's the same thing. I didn't want to miss on, on the opportunity for as long as I can have it. Right. Amazing. Wow. And now there's this beautiful new facility we're in. I know, it's right? Just, it's like a so paradise. So spoiled. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like fitness factory in here. <laughs> and there's everything you could ever possibly want. And I mean, I'm very, I'm very lucky mm -hmm. and aware of how blessed I am to be in the situation that I am. Mm -hmm. And I want to take advantage of it for as long as I can. That's amazing. Yeah. And how awesome too, like you said, to have those, it's almost like you have those teammates to, to like offload some of your stresses on. Like if you were an individual you were probably putting way more pressure on yourself and not allowing yourself to as much space to take a step back or to just like joke around and have fun because oh, it's yeah. like the line stops at you and you and like, that's it. Yeah. yeah but with a team, you can almost be like, Oh, well they're okay. If I'm, you know, doing right. this or like, they're not so stressed out about it. So it's going it to be makes okay. everything a little yeah. easier. Yeah. Like my people ask me that a lot. Like, well, what's the difference between individual team and mm -hmm. my essentially best example is in 2015 when I was an individual, when all the workouts were released, the one, like, I started crying when I saw whatever day it was. 
day. It was the hundred, the really long twenty-six minute oh, shipper. Oh yeah. So because it had true form running, which is a lot of posterior chain into a hundred overhead squats, in, or into fifty overhead squats yeah. into a hundred GHC sit-ups. Sure. And when I saw all three there. of those things together, I was like, "That's it! Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not qualifying. Like I'm going to come in twenty ninth or thirtieth, whatever last place is yeah. in that workout, and that's it. Like there's that that goes my because I don't do those things in training. I do not overhead squat." True form running is a hard thing just because it's so pushed to your chain and yep. it's that pounding. So it's a little bit hit or miss. Yep. And then GC sit-ups, I never go all the way. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's it. Like my whole game's career is over. And I had yeah. to like talk myself out of that. But when you're an individual, I did not train that workout. I didn't ever do it. I'd not ever do any of the movements until I got to regionals because mm-hmm. it was one of those that it was just too risky. Yeah. So I didn't do it until I got there. Thank God I got through it. But like last year being on the team, mm-hmm. there was a workout that had true form running mm-hmm overhead squats and GHC sit-ups uh, in a team fashion. Okay. So we read the rules very carefully. And yes, I had a true form run, but I only had to do literally one overhead squat out of the 50 that we were required as a team of three. Okay. And I did not have to do one GHC sit-up of Amazing. the 150 yeah. that we were required. So I did all of the true form running. So mm-hmm. I took more of the load of that for my team. And then I held on the pull-up bar. I did one set of five overhead squats. Mm-hmm. And of the 150 GHC sit-ups, I did not one. So my teammates did 75 and 75 yep. between the two of them. And they were totally fine with it. Yeah. Which was like the best. I mean, that was the exact situation. Like in 2015, it was I just you, had to yeah. figure out how to deal with it yeah. and keep my fingers crossed that I would make it through this workout safely. Mm-hmm. And in 2016, it was like, okay, I'm gonna hold this bar. You guys go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I like, got this over thanks here. Thanks a lot. But they were like, yep, whatever you need to do, like we'll work it out. What can you do? Yeah. And then what do we need to pick up on? And that was the best. I mean, that was in that was like this was completely the right, right decision. This was absolutely the best route that I could have gone to be mm-hmm. able to be still very competitive in the sport, but not risking my health for mm-hmm. the rest of my life. It's amazing. Crazy. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about the programming that you do now too, because I know that you're doing some like remote programming. Yeah. I know you've obviously, you've been training this whole time. You were training full time even before when you were in Louisville. Yep. Um, but what inspired you to start writing some programming for other people? So the programming that I have is essentially core strengthening program. It's I have a s- lot of levels, mm-hmm. but there's the essentials core programming, which is just a three days a week mm-hmm. generalized core strengthening programming. And then I have like advanced and essentials, which are people that just want a little bit more one-on-one attention, Okay, which is great because I feel like, like everything that we've talked about for however long it's been is been my whole life path. Like the yeah. ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, the year in, the year out. And I've tried everything yeah. throughout these five years now. Like I've tried this and it's not working. Yeah. So like, let's scratch that or let's add in a little bit more weightlifting or let's just front squat and not back squat and see mm-hmm. if that helps. Or let's try some overhead holds and see if that helps your overhead squat. So yeah. I feel like I've tried all of the programs. I've tried every kind of core strengthening stuff, but I've figured out through those years what has worked the best for me mm-hmm. and which one of the, all of those different forms has helped me to become the athlete that I am and helped me to overcome the back pain mm-hmm. that I still have every single day, but makes it manageable and allows me to still compete in what I love. Yep. So I figured out essentially over the last year, I was playing around with the best way that I could help other people. Cause the best, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I love CrossFit, but one of my favorite things ever is to hear from people or to meet people that are like, you inspired me to, to go back into the gym or yeah. I started having back pain and then I heard your story and then I was like, oh, I can do it. And that just like makes every struggle I've it. ever had, mm-hmm. it makes it worth it because I was able to help that person or whoever, whoever it is that I get to meet, mm-hmm. not give up on themselves and believe that they too can actually achieve the things that they want, mm-hmm. which is the best. And I love that feeling and I love meeting those people and hearing their stories. Yeah. So I wanted to try as best as I could to continue to give that to as many people because I mean, back pain is an extremely common thing mm-hmm. in all of, all of America and mm-hmm. all CrossFitters and life essentially. Yeah. Because it has the like the most pressure happening in your whole body, and after right. just walking around, like you could still have back pain, but it could be contributed by a ton of different factors. And what I've started to realize is that a lot of people in the CrossFit world and in life just don't properly know how to or don't understand how to strengthen your low core, like mm-hmm. underneath your belly button, in your pelvic bone, like mm-hmm. all those muscles. And by doing that myself over the last couple of years, I've noticed a tremendous difference okay. in how I lift and how my gymnastics are. The stronger that my low core is, the more protected my spine is and mm-hmm. the better position that I'm in. But it's hard because a lot of CrossFit coaches, it takes time to develop that mm-hmm. just like any other muscle in your body. Right. And it's not 
easily add it in to any like normal GPP CrossFit program. Right. Hard so, to take a whole class to put that in. And it is. And it takes a little while. So my whole idea was like the best, the best way that I can help other people to realize that they can get through CrossFit mm-hmm. with some back pain and not be afraid of it is to help them strengthen those core muscles, which is most likely going to help out their low back. Mm-hmm. And the best way to do that is to just try to like offer it to as many people as I can. Mm-hmm. So I developed a whole website and a program over the last year mm-hmm. and then didn't release it until like I had overanalyzed the crap out of it and made sure that <laughs> I felt, it tested yeah. it, exactly, done all the movements myself and videoed them and made sure they felt okay. Yeah. And so I wanted to make sure that everything that I was putting into it was as good as it could get. Mm-hmm. And I believed in everything that I was going to be giving to other yeah. people, especially if I was going to advertise it as I want this to help your back pain, like this will help right. you get back into the right. gym. So over the last year, I've been developing a website and the core, all of the, the three levels of core programming so that I can hopefully reach as many people as possible and help them to get back into the gym with a little bit healthier spine and low core so mm-hmm. that they're more confident in all of their movements in the gym. That's amazing. So the first level is it's called essentials. It's essentials. Okay. Yep, so and that's, that's kind of the same for everyone. And that's the same for okay. everyone. So you would just like sign up, you would get three days of programming a week through my website mm-hmm. and there's a warm up a specific what I call the accessory so that's like a couple core specific movements mm-hmm. and there's always a stretch at the end okay so that can be added in very easily into the own programming so if you already have a coach or yep. you already go to your classes and you just want to get a little bit stronger then you would just do the activation before whatever the workout was mm-hmm. you would do the accessory whenever works either before or after your workout mm-hmm. and then just try to always hit the stretch at the end of the day the before end. you go home so that's the most straightforward mm-hmm. the advanced and the premium are the two that are a little bit more one-on-one and that can be as many days a week as you want mm-hmm. um, and that's typically for people that just want more like programming every single day because okay. with the, the essentials I, I don't know what your actual Metcon is going to be that right. day but with the advance and the premium I can help you design a full program and depending on what it is your goal is and what you want okay. so that we can make sure that your Metcons are also safely appropriate with the accessory that I'm also giving you right. so we're not overdoing anything or I'm not overloading your overhead position too much mm-hmm. because I don't know what your Metcon is so that's a little bit more one-on-one individualized programming so that I can know exactly what you're doing every single day mm-hmm. or give you specific core programming based based off of what you have so that it can be more personalized for you and your issues. And so I have like 11 advanced and premiums right now that I have loved being a part of because I love getting the text at the end of the week. That's like, Oh my God, I did a (laughs) squat snatch today and it felt great. Or like I deadlifted for the first time in six months. It's so much fun for me because I, I mean, it's so different between the initial phone call that I have and how nervous they are. And they're like, I don't know, like, I just want to try it and we'll see what (laughs) happens. I think it might help. And then five weeks later, I get a phone call that's like, oh my God, I deadlifted. It's so exciting. And it's so fun for me because I believe, I know, because I was in these people's position. I was in the... I don't know if I can do this. Like, I don't think like it's kind of scary right. and it's a little unsafe. And so I know how the, I know how everybody feels mm-hmm. and it's so fun for me to see them start to believe in themselves again. And mm-hmm. then to ask like, can we deadlift again next week? Yeah. Or can we start to cycle the barbell? And I'm like, like, yes, we yes, can. We'll get one there. Step but at a time. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I miss, I love coaching people. I yeah. love being able to like help other people improve their own lives and mm-hmm. to, to see the potential that they have is like the, I mean, it's the coolest thing. That's so cool. And so amazing how you've used your own experience to be able to help in such that specific way. Yeah. You know, there's so many like programs out there, but you like people trust you because you've been through it yourself. Yeah. And that this is something that a lot of people need and a lot of people can benefit from. So, I mean, it's so cool. And I felt like I was given, I was given all the obstacles in the struggle and Mm -hmm. came through it all. But it's not like I, I had to figure it out myself too. Right. And by, and I needed guidance. I had a coach that helped mm-hmm. me through all these things and he helped me and showed me and I want to be that coach for some people to help them get through this because yeah. I know that I can, if I instill that confidence in other people that my coach instilled in me, like I know that these people can achieve whatever it is they want. Mm-hmm. They just need a little push in that right direction and it, was, it would be totally selfish of me not to like <laughs> help everyone else as much as I can and to keep it all to myself when I went through all the struggles right. and I know that so many people are doing the same. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. So cool. Okay, well, I want to finish three questions that I ask everyone at the end. Okay. So the first one is the three things that you do on a regular basis that have the biggest positive impact on your health. Ooh, the three things I do on a regular basis. I try to get a lot of sleep. Okay. Um, I think that's a big Hours, one. Usually. I love eight or nine. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, I mean, nine is great. Like, if I can actually get nine hours, if I get less, if I get seven or six, yep. I know I'm off. Yep. Like, I can tell. So getting enough sleep, I think, is a big one for me. It also helps me recover. Like, mm-hmm. I feel better. I eat better. So I think sleep is a really big one. Um, 
taking typically taking a day away from CrossFit and away from the gym, I think is something that keeps me healthy um, because it is such a competitive drive. I'm here all the time because Mm -hmm. it's so taxing taking myself out of it. It's typically a Sunday that I try to like pretend I don't do CrossFit and I don't weigh and measure every single one of my meals and we like go to a movie or go out to dinner and then I go like watch a hockey game. And so it's, I try to take a day away from the gym from my own mental health to, to be able to reset and to come back in, which I think is important important. for my health. And then the third thing, I mean, eating clean is one as much as I can, but I also like can't turn down a salmon roll. So like, I don't know if that counts. It's the the balance, right? It's a balance. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I eat healthy as much as I can. I definitely, uh, if I feel like there's something that I just want to have, Mm -hmm. I let myself, I try not to be too Nazi about that, Mm -hmm. which I think is also kind of helpful because the more I'm so strict about what I'm doing in the gym and how much I'm training and making yep. sure that I'm training the right amount and so much about that, that there has to be, you can't be like that in every area of you your life. You can't be like that in every area. Yeah. So I would say nutrition is good, but mm-hmm. allowing myself to have a little bit of fun with it also, mm-hmm. I think is actually helpful for my health, sleeping enough and then getting out of the gym for like mental health relaxation are probably three big things. Awesome. What's one thing that you're working on or one thing you think would have an impact, but you just st- really struggle with uh, it? I feel like there's so many. <laughs> you um, only have to tell us about one. Okay. <laughs> I have tried on and off a thousand times to take fish oil regularly. Ah, okay. And I have never been able to get on a routine and it's not hard. Yeah. I mean, literally all I have to do is like wake up, get a glass of water and take some fish oil in the morning. And I tell people that, like, I don't know if I see a difference, but I'm also completely honest and that I don't think I've ever taken it for long enough to really be able to see a difference. So uh-huh. that's something that I have read. I mean, and I've read about it. Yeah. Like, I know how good it can be for you. <laughs> I just have never actually committed to waking up and doing it. So now that we're talking about it, I yeah. should probably, I'm going to try again. All right. This is your this reminder. This is my cutoff. Yeah, this is my new reminder. So okay. fish oil tablets for overall joint health and body health, I think, is something I should probably do. Okay. Yeah. Um, last question is what does a healthy life look like to you? Ooh, um, a healthy life to me is taking care overall of your mind, body, and spirit, essentially in whatever way that looks like to you. So I don't think you have to be a CrossFitter. I don't think you have to lift weights. Mm -hmm. I think as long as you are some uh, level of activity. So whatever that may, whatever that is that makes you happy, if that's yoga or fitness or spin or CrossFit, Mm -hmm. I think if you have some kind of activity in your life to make sure that your body stays moving, I think that's important. Um, I think whatever doing stuff to keep your mind healthy. So for me, like we were talking about Mm -hmm. earlier, if it's not, if it's in my life and it's affecting me negatively, then it's not going to be in my life anymore. I think you need to just keep positive things in your life and not continue to do things that are constantly making you happy just because you feel like you should. Mm -hmm. So I think actively working towards things that you love and that you're actually passionate about, regardless of the money it makes you Mm -hmm. or what it looks like on the outside Mm -hmm. is very important in a healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And then your spirit. So whatever, like whatever spiritualness you need to have, whether that's religion or just any kind of worship Mm -hmm. or anything that constantly makes you reminded of how big the world is and Mm -hmm. how important it is for you to essentially just be a good person Mm -hmm. and love the life that you're living and just be happy in the moment I think is big so healthy mind body and spirit in whatever three ways that you feel like are best for your own life is healthy perfect (laughs) awesome thank you so much for sharing your whole story and I'm so glad that we finally got to sit down and chat me too so much fun thanks for having me Thank you all so much for tuning in. I love Lindy's story because she didn't let others' expectations limit her future. Instead, she used a challenging situation to motivate her, and now she's using that experience to help others. I know we'll all be rooting for her and her team at the upcoming regionals and the games this year. You can check out more about her and her core strengthening programs at lindybarber.com. That's L-I-N-D-Y-B-A-R-B-E-R.com. Also, don't forget to check out the training retreat I'm hosting in Cleveland, June 9th through 11th. You can learn more about that at trainretreat.com. So check it out, and I hope to see you there. To make sure you never miss an episode and to receive exclusive content from me, head to my website, juliefouché.com, where you can subscribe to my email list. 
Also, don't forget to share your stories. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please email me at info at juliefouché.com. I'll choose some of these inspiring stories to share here on the podcast in future episodes. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and consider giving the podcast a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, don't forget you can train with me by visiting beyondthewhiteboard.com slash juliefouché. I always love hearing your feedback, so please leave comments under this post on my website, juliefouché.com, and share your thoughts on social media with the hashtag JFHealth. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Pursuing Health. Pursuing Health.